welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, hi, everybody. How's it going? Good to be with you. If you're with us online, thanks so much for being here. Well, today we do start a new series. It's called Every Good Work. How many of you know that God is always working? Now, how many of you also know that God is always good? Therefore, all the work that God does is always good. Are you all with me? All right. So here we go. Romans 8, 28 says something. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love them, love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's good news, right? That here's the thing. God is working on behalf of every person and it's for the good of those who love him, which means even all things, the things that the enemy does, he can turn it on its head and he can turn the bad things to good things. First Corinthians 12, 6 says this, there are different ways God works. Let's just do it. Everyone say works. There are different ways God works in our lives, but it's the same God who does the work through all of us. Hmm. So this is good. When we join the story of God, when we join his work, it takes our work and turns it into good. First Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Everyone say every good work. In this series, we're going to explore all the ways that God works in our lives because he works in many ways. God is always working. God is always good. Therefore, all of God's work is always good. And we are also going to talk about all the things that we do that we call work. Because here's the thing. Most of us define work by the job that we do, but we also use the word work to talk about all sorts of other types of things we do, right? Sometimes we talk about work. If it's the great passion project of our life, well, that's, that's the great work of our life. Or maybe the task that we do. I just mowed my yard this week. That was work. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I have to help my kids with homework. And sometimes I throw parties, but there are a lot of work. And that's the thing is that everything works and God will bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So how many of you would say that you're a busy person? Just raise your hand if you'd say busyness and it's okay. We can all be real today. How many of you would say that you're busy? There's no judgment, right? Um, most of us feel busy because we eat, sleep, and the correct answer is work. We eat, sleep, and work. Some people are like, uh, hold on. I eat, sleep, and what, what do I do? We work. I want you to check out this pie chart that, um, you know, kind, this is not a series about time management, but it's a good place to begin because it looks at how we use our time. There's three main sections of how we use our 168 hours a week. We sleep a lot. There's the work section and there's this discretionary time, which is, I know, very, it has a lot of things that go in it. There's a few other little things up there. You see eating, drive time, getting ready. The average person gets ready in 22.5 minutes. How many of you guys are, I'm just curious, how many of you guys are over the 22.5 minute average? Okay. And how many of you guys are under that? I want to hang out with you. You get stuff done quick. I like it. According to these averages, though, 40% of our waking hours are spent doing work, doing a job. And that's a significant portion of our life. And with so much of time going towards work, I think all of us would agree that we would like 
that our story and our life to be filled with the work that we do being good work. That the work that we do being God honoring and that our stories would be filled with God moving in the places and in the things that we do and in the places that we work. In a few weeks, actually week four, the last week of the series, we'll specifically look at our jobs and our callings because I do believe that that is an important part of life for us. Um, we put a lot of energy into that space. And, and I think all of us want our, our work to be and our faith to be in congruence with one another. And so we're going to talk about how and what God may want to do in our work. Um, because I know that not only do we want God to work in our jobs, we want God to work in this world. We want God to work in this church and in our lives. And so we have 24 hours a day, we have 168 hours a week, and specifically we have 120 waking hours, so to speak. Some of us have a little less and a little more than that. Um, but when I think about our church, if I can start a little bit macro, a little bit big picture for us, we have to ask ourselves, is our church doing the work that God's called us to do? I mean, is our church as a body, are we doing good work? And I've been asking myself this question a lot lately, and I've been really considering this, um, this question, are we really doing what God's called us to do? Who are we in the end of the day? And, 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 and what do we really care about? Because we want to be the church the best way we know how. And when I think about our church, I have to ask ourselves, what does even the scriptures say? Because the scriptures say that we should be we should be a body of Christ that's armed with the light of God to go and storm the gates of hell, overcome darkness, defend you know, the weak, defeat evil, move mountains for Jesus, so to speak, love beyond reason, advance the goodness of God every chance we get. This is who the church is supposed to be, right? To be a church that takes our 168 hours a week and puts everything that Jesus taught and commanded into practice so that we don't even make our, we don't only make our lives work, but we make his work actually work in this world. We want to reach people. We want to be passionate. We want to be courageous. We want to be extravagantly loving people. We want all these things. We want to do things that matter. Amen. That's the church. Amen. And, as, and, and beyond OKC Community Church, as a Christian in this world, we need to become the generation who authentically expresses and displays who Jesus is. Because he is the central figure. He's what the Bible calls the desire of the nations. What that means is that everybody wants him. They just don't know it yet. Everybody wants Jesus. And the more that we authentically display who Jesus is, the more desirable we become to the world around us. And I have a hunch today that every good work starts somewhere. Every good work starts somewhere. And I'm not trying to be you know, cliche, but it does begin with Jesus. Every good work starts with Jesus because Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to know what God is like, you just look at Jesus's life. What did he do? So let's start with that. Let's consider what did Jesus do? This is not a WWJD sermon, but we have to ask ourselves, if we're going to talk about work, what was the work that Jesus was about? Because Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, which means that you and I are called to the same work that Jesus did. And so, if you've ever wondered, what am I supposed to do with my life? Which all of us have wondered that at some point. And that's a big question. It has a lot of layers to it. But Jesus actually gave us quite 
a few clear instructions with that idea of what are we supposed to do with our life that we often seem to take as suggestive ideals versus instructive musts. And here's a few verses that talk about these instructive musts that we're supposed to do with our life. In Matthew 10 verse 8, Jesus is giving some instructions to his disciples to go and do the ministry he had been doing. And he said this, he dropped the hammer, he says, I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and cast out demons. Just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And you're like, okay, God, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that one. Well, Paul, he says this about, he says this about God's will, because if you ever wonder what to do with your life, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Right? We use that one a lot because it feels really good, but it is really good. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus gets very specific about what you're supposed to do in the Great Commission. And this is, the, this is what he's commissioning you and I to do. This is our job, so to speak. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, people come to me, I guess because of what I do as a pastor, and they, and they say, hey, I'm trying to figure out what God's will is for my life. And I go, oh, that's pretty easy. I actually know the answer to that. You may not like the answer, but the Bible's pretty clear. And I say, he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything Jesus commanded. And they go, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but that's not what I really meant by God's will. What, see, what I'm talking about was, I don't know if I'm supposed to be a nurse or a race car driver. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, here's the deal. Pick one and then heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons, you know? And they're like, no, uh, no, 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 you don't understand what I meant. I mean, when God's will, like, am I supposed to move to Hawaii or North Dakota? And I'm like, I know what I would do, but you just pick one or the other, and then you heal the sick, you raise up, you cast out, you, you know, you rejoice always, you pray continually, you give thanks in all circumstances, you go into all the world, you make disciples, and you teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. You see, Jesus wasn't that complicated. He was pretty clear, but we make it really hard. And so here's, here's where we're going today is we're talking about work, and Jesus called us to do his work, but that work for us seems so often like something that we're we don't know if we can do that work, but he says, but I just want to say something today. Every good work begins someplace and, that begin, and it begins with Jesus. Yeah. And, in, and this is true in church. This is true in business. This is true in your home. This is true as a parent. This is true in your hobbies. This is true in your entrepreneurial endeavors and dreams. This is true in your passion projects. Every good work begins with Jesus. And what I mean by that is if you follow Jesus, if you're a person who claims Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, everything has to begin there, right? Everything has to begin with God, begin with Jesus. Otherwise, the work you are doing will just be work, and it won't necessarily be good work. And Jesus wants to come in and he wants to redeem the things we do. He wants to come into your home and he says, I'm going to take the things because I want to inform not just what you do, because what you do, you can be a race car driver or a nurse. That's fine. I don't care, but I'm going to tell you how to do it and I'm going to tell you who to be. And this is, how we, this is how we start to understand the work that God wants to do in us. Now, the passage in Matthew 10 is incredibly interesting. And I want to look at this one today specifically. Um, 
to give us some handlebars to grab a hold of when Jesus instructs the disciples to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, and to cast out demons. Because this is one of the boldest commands that Jesus makes in the scriptures. And he says, I want you to go and do what I've been doing. Now, these things, these things don't completely summarize God's will for us. But they do give us, like I said, some, a concise list of things and thoughts to grab a hold of today. And so we're going to talk about it for just a few minutes. But I think, first of all, we have to ask, can we really do the work that Jesus called us to? Can we do the same work he was doing? Well, John 14, 12, it says it this way. Jesus is actually the one that said this. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus is like, listen, you're not only going to do the works that I've been doing, but it's going, to, it's going to exceed my work in numbers and in scope and even in power because I'm going to the Father on your behalf. So in Matthew 10, this command to heal, to raise up and cast out. Now, it's, it's, if we just looked at it just at that verse, it would, yeah, it would be pretty challenging. But this, the story begins a little before that. And we're going to back up to Matthew chapter 9 and kind of lead into this verse in, in chapter 10. But it says this, starting in verse 35, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. So this is the work Jesus was doing, right? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into his harvest field. How many of you know that no matter how big the harvest is, it's not a harvest without workers? <laughs> if there is a fruit or crop or some type of, you know, thing like that filling a field, and that fruit is never harvested... What happens to the fruit? Well, it obviously spoils and becomes unusable, right? I think I told you guys maybe a year ago or so that, I, that my family, we grew up, uh, when I say grew up, part of the, our growing up years we spent in Nebraska. Um, and anyone know what crop Nebraska is known for? C corn. Some states are known for bananas and pineapples. Some are known for corn. It's, and, and you know, they have a different vibe those states. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're known for, but not, I don't know. I'm glad it's not corn, but nonetheless, um, Nebraskans have been, have the fortune of being America's corn huskers, right? Cornfields are everywhere and they are useless unless the Lord sends his corn huskers into his field. <laughs> are y'all following me? Yes. So Jesus was really smart, but he wasn't complicated. He was clear about his work and about our work, but we come along and we complicate it and we make it really hard. And we struggle to do what Jesus told us to do because it requires us to put God in control of our lives and replace our favorite boss, ourselves. And so in this... <laughs> In this story, in this, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at just how good God is, right? I mean, 
So this story, Jesus just decides to employ some people to go to work with the Lord's harvest in the, in the Lord's harvest field. And let's continue reading next verse. So this is the next verse that he talks about needing workers in the harvest field. Jesus called his 12 together. He's like, hey guys, come here. And he gave them authority. Quick pop quiz. I know you weren't ready for this. Who gave the disciples authority? Jesus, right? I just read it. Good job. Um, Jesus gave them authority to do the work that he was calling them to. Okay, so it wasn't their own authority. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. We love to operate on our own authority. We just don't realize we don't have any. And so anyway, then a few verses later, he says this to his disciples, verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message. We only have it in Jesus is what I'm trying to say. As you grow, proclaim this message. I'm just thinking as I'm reading, as you can tell, I'm still figuring it out. Um, The kingdom of heaven has come near. And here it is. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So if you keep reading, the disciples actually do this. They go out and fulfill this ministry. They actually go and do the ministry that Jesus had been doing under the authority of Jesus. And they harvest God's God's fields. And I've spent quite a bit of time with this passage asking myself some pretty natural questions that you probably do. Like, is this actually just for the disciples? Are they the only ones that are supposed to do this? Is he who he called to do this? Or is this actually one of those scriptures that it's, yeah, it's for the disciples, but it's also for us? Like, are we supposed to do this too? Because it seems pretty extreme. Jesus called them to do three things. And I'm just going to, he actually called them to do four things, but I'm going to summarize it into three things. He calls them to heal. He calls them to heal, raise up, cast out. We'll put those on the screen. He also said to cleanse, but I'm putting cleanse under the kind of the, uh, the banner of, of healing. And it really kind of blends into all three of them. But he calls us to join him in this work to heal the broken, right? He also says, I want you to raise those who are spiritually dead in their sin And I want you to raise them up into a new life. And then I also want you to cast out the darkness in this world. I want you to cast it out. And I I would say, and you probably would agree, when I frame it that way and, and, and make it make sense a little bit more, it's like, yeah, well, of course, we're all called to that. And there's a spectrum of work involved in that, isn't there? There's a spectrum that's pretty wide in the idea of raising the dead. There's a spectrum that's pretty wide in casting out. There's a whole bunch of things that fit into those categories. And we're going to go in the direction this morning that isn't necessarily about encouraging you to go and do that work, although we should, because God will sometimes use us as a conduit to go and do his work. But there's also this realization that this is the ministry and the work that God wants to do in us. And so I'm really encouraging today, even though I feel like I could go either direction here, I'm encouraging you today to look at this as this is the ministry and this is the work of Jesus that he came to give to people. And some of you here today, you need to receive this in the sense of that he came to heal, to raise up, and to cast out. And is there something in your life in which you would say, I need healing, some sort of physical healing, some sort of emotional or spiritual healing, or maybe you need him to raise up new life in you. You feel dead inside or you feel lost inside and you need a resurrection of sorts, or perhaps you need him to cast something out. Maybe there's something in your life that's a form of darkness or a form of discouragement that you need cast out of your life today. 
And we want to kind of allow Jesus to do that ministry today. But in the last week, we talked about healing because we were finishing up our series on James. We were in James chapter 5 where, where James comes along and he says, hey, if you need healing, I want you to go to the elders and they're going to anoint you with oil and they're going to pray over you. And that's one of the ways we talked about that you can go and receive healing. And how many of you guys remember this message? Give me an amen. amen. Okay, that was, that was more than I thought. Wait, way to go. Pat myself on the back for people remembering. Um, uh, but, but anyway, this, this, this message around healing last week, uh, we encourage people to go to the prayer room afterwards and, and to meet with what we, we kind of defined elders as our spiritual leaders and spiritual leaders in this church to, to pray with you and they would even anoint you with oil, which we hadn't ever really done that you know, uh, formally in our church before. But, and, and several people went and it was a powerful thing and I believe God's doing a healing work in people's lives right now. And this week we're inviting the same thing. We're saying, hey, if you, if you need healing of any type, we're going to have spiritual leaders available today to pray and anoint. And, and instead of the prayer room, they're going to be right over here after the service. I'll be down there with them as well. And we're going to allow God to do work today after we dismiss. Um, but, and I would even say, don't let any distractions get in the way of that. Because some of you are going to be like, well, I got my kids up there. I need to go get them. We actually prepared our kids ministry like, hey, if, if parents don't show up, it's probably because they're praying. So would you stay with the kids longer? And they're like, totally. Yeah, we got this. And so, you know, just so you know everybody's free to come today, no matter, you know, who you came with, right? And so we're trying to make that kind of thought in, in mind. But in addition, <clears throat> in addition to healing uh, for things like sickness, which is pretty common in, in the church world, I would say that there's also, or maybe even physical pain today, I would say that there's probably some people that need some, some sort of relational or emotional or uh, even spiritual sort of healing that I just have been feeling. And, um, you know, perhaps perhaps some sort of anxiety or relational hurt. I, I was thinking about a story of a, of a woman who came to our church about um, maybe six or seven months ago, and she came forward for healing prayer, and I, and I was trying to figure out what was going on, and it was really just a, a source and a root of relational hurt. She had been really hurt by some people who had rejected her, and, and it was a really sad story, and, but, it, but in that journey, it was a lot of courage for her, right, to, to step out and, and exercise faith over the fear of reje being rejected again. And, and what we've seen is God heal her heart. And, and it's not because of anything we did. It's because of what God can do whenever God wants to heal someone's pain and what they're walking through. Amen? And so I, I think that some people need that kind of stuff today. And a lot of it comes through us taking a step of faith over fear. And so God can heal you through prayer. He may heal you in an instant or he may heal you over time. He may heal you through therapy or counseling or even deliverance. Uh, God heals through many ways, but I know that God cares about you and he wants you to know that he cares about and he's inviting you to trust him through the myriad of ways he can, he can heal you. And I also understand that not everyone gets healed and not everything gets healed in this life, but it eventually will all get healed. But as a believer, listen, here's the thing, but as a believer, I have to follow what the word of God says, which says that we're going we're gonna to believe that God can. And so we're going to ask because I'm the, he's the giver of good gifts. And so we go and ask him for him to do the impossible because that's what the scripture teaches. And so I don't know what he's going to heal, when he's going to heal or how he's going to heal. I just know what I'm supposed to do in order for him to heal. Are you with me? And so I, I just want to invite you that it's a step of faith over fear when it comes to these types of things. And, and the second thing Jesus says is I want to raise the dead. <laughs> Perhaps today you need the ministry of Jesus to raise new life in you. You know, when we raise up new life, we can talk about a number of things. I mean, we can go all over the place here because there's all sorts of old things in us, right? That, need, that, that feel dead, that we need, to, we need the life of Jesus. And I just want to 
I just want to speak to this for just a moment because I think the spiritual significance of this passage is even though I don't doubt the power of God to raise the dead, which, you know, he's done, but I also know that primarily this means raising the spiritually dead and, and, and doing a work of raising people up from the depths of an eternally, eternally, eternity destined for hell and raising them up in Jesus to an eternity set in heaven with Jesus. And before knowing Jesus, of course, the scriptures teach us that we are spiritually dead in our sin and that our only way we find life is in Christ. And so there's this work of the proclaiming message when Jesus says that he went around proclaiming the good news. It was proclaiming this message of salvation that it was a repent and believe, repent of the old way, get rid of that, die to that, and believe in this new way, which is a way of grace and mercy and salvation. So we could obviously talk about that, and, 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 and I just did. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to mention one thing specifically about this idea of raising the dead, and, and I want to speak to baptism because we're obviously doing it next week. And this is a beautiful picture of how we often say, when you're baptized, someone is buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a new life. And it's the symbolic picture of being raised up with Christ. And so I, would, I wanna encourage you to do this with us if you've never been baptized, and I'm gonna give you a couple reasons why. First of all, real practically, there's no baptistry in this room. And so we're doing it next door in our sanctuary right after service. So we're gonna end a little early, and then we're gonna invite any of you that wanna go over there and have an after-party baptism bash that's gonna be next door. and. And we're going to go and celebrate. I know there's already several signed up, but I think we can get some more today. And I just really want to encourage those of you that need to be baptized. But So maybe you're asking, well, why, why do we even do this baptism thing? Well, we get baptized, first of all, because Jesus instructed us to do it. And everything Jesus instructed us to do has a purpose. And so baptism serves as this marker in your life. Specifically, baptism is for those who's of course have followed Jesus. We, we believe in believer's baptism. You don't get baptized before you've confessed Jesus as Lord. You get baptized, baptized after you've confessed Jesus as Lord. And what's powerful about baptism, is it is a public profession of your love for God and your, and your faith in Jesus. And I said, baptism represents this beautiful picture of this new life being raised up into a new life that you have in Christ. So I would say this, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you have a lot of questions about God, one of the best trajectories I've seen for people to do is decide, I think I want to give my life to Jesus and I'm going to start with this opportunity to get baptized. And whenever you start there, we kind of help you talk about what it means to follow Christ. You confess Jesus and then you get baptized. And so that's what Jesus said to do, right? In the Great Commission, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus, this is a perfect time to do it because we got baptism happening and you can do exactly the way Jesus said it for us, for you to do it in the scriptures. Secondly, I would say if you're a Christian and you've already professed Jesus as Lord, it says that you should be baptized too. And it actually said, this is a command that he's put on us. And so if you've given your life to Christ, but never been baptized, I want to encourage you. Like, listen, I want you to be obedient to the father. I want you to follow in Jesus's ways. And this is a way that you can do it. And it starts with baptism. So yes, I'm pushing it hard because we're doing it next week. And, and I always believe, you know, like, you might as well, if you're going to the car wash, you might as well get clean. You know what I'm saying? I didn't come up with that, but I agree with it. And so here's the thing. Um, you can sign up for baptism today uh, out in the lobby. And so 
With that said, let me ask you, do you, need, do you need the ministry of Jesus to raise up new life in you? And I already said that I could talk about a lot of things, but we're just going to kind of settle in in the simplicity of salvation. Do you need that today? Or baptism? Do you need that today? Will you be obedient and trust the ministry of Jesus and what he's already speaking to you right now? Because some of you are feeling the Lord speak to you right now. Third question, do you need Jesus to cast anything out? Do you need Jesus to cast anything out? In the scriptures, we see Jesus cast demons out, and that seems really scary. But the simple way to consider this today is, the, is, the work, is there a work of the enemy or of darkness that needs to be cast out of your life? You know, earlier this week, I'll just be, be really clear about this one. I, I felt the word discouragement as the word that I felt like many people needed to be cast out of their life today. And I, when I prayed this, I just really sensed that this word, even in the, in the word discouragement, it would immediately trigger people to just realize that's what it is. That's what I've been trying to kind of put words to in my life of what I'm feeling. And when I say discouragement, you're going to feel like that's the thing that needs cast out. And I had this picture while I was praying of heaviness on people that is piled up like a bunch of layers almost of maybe even picture like layers of clothing that you're wearing so many layers and, and meaning the discouragement hasn't just been one thing, it's been many things piled up over time. And, and so when someone says, hey, what's wrong with you? You can't even really point to the reason why you feel like you feel, but you know you feel it. And it's probably because there's been so many layers piled up, you can't point to one of them, it's all of them. And so I just feel like there's a, there's a casting out of discouragement, a spirit of discouragement that has come upon people that needs to be cast out and that's only done in the name of Jesus. You can, of course, get help in a lot of other ways, but one of the ways that God will remove those layers and take that weight off because what does Jesus come to do? He comes to remove the weight. He says, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so Jesus wants to take those layers off and he can do that. And so I want to encourage you to, because John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace because he wants to replace the heaviness with peace. In this world, you will have trouble you will have layers, you will have discouragement. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Or how about Psalm 43, 5? I read this in my quiet time this week and I thought, oh, that'll work for the discouragement piece. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 43, 5 says this, then I would say this to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. You remember when I came out during worship, I said, I have a word that's going to start this whole day, and it's called expectation. Yeah. I fully expect yeah. my Savior God to break through for me. Yeah. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, he is my saving grace. Today, in prayer, you can ask for things not only to be healed, but to be cast out. And, and, I, and I, I say this to a very rational, a very, uh, very uh, prove-it-to-me culture, right? And, and here's what I would say is that the, that the only proof that I ever really rely on is, one, it starts with God's Word and what I read in it. And if I actually believe that Jesus is who He says He is, then I should believe everything in this book. So that's the first authority. And then the second one is the power of testimony and just I've seen God move over and over and so have you. And if God can do, um, if we say God can do anything, then I believe things like uh, healing and casting out and raising up aren't all that hard for God. 
They're actually pretty common in the kingdom. So every good work starts somewhere and I'm declaring it starts with Jesus. And I think the concern for my life and your life and for the body of Christ today is that we've departed from the ministry of Jesus and the ways in which Jesus unquestionably tethered himself to the Father's work. And instead we've adopted a more comfortable Christianity, one in which it's about private beliefs, religious practice of going to church and the general Christian moral code, which day by day seems to be decaying in our culture. And, and Jesus didn't say, hey, um, put, you know, Jesus said, follow my ways. We, we know that, right? He said, follow my ways. He didn't say, hey, I, put me on top of your ways. Uh, he said, follow my ways. And, and I've read this little quote before from Jim Cimbalo. He says, with some exceptions, we are like the church of Laodicea. In fact, we have so institutionalized Laodiceaism that we think lukewarm is normal. You know, this is obviously a, a, a reference to the book of Revelation when the city of Laodicea and the church in that city was described as lukewarm. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, it's difficult to recognize that we're lukewarm when everybody is. <laughs> And that's what he means when he says, um, you know, we've normalized lukewarm. It just feels normal and our expectations are low and our doubts are high. And, and in most cases, fear is stronger than faith. And that sounds so cliche, but it is true. And when we come to church services like this, you know, our expectations aren't all that high um, and our doubts are usually higher. And, and, but what if we expected more than normal? What if it wasn't lukewarm or what if it wasn't mediocre? What if our expectations were sky high for God to do the things that he says he wants to do, not only in us and through us, um, but what if, he handed, what if we handed over all authority to God and instead of keeping that authority for ourselves, which is very limited, and we said, Lord, may your, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if we let faith lead the way instead of fear? I just wonder what that church would be. Listen, sometimes you and, you and I will be the conduit that God will use. I've said this, meaning we're the worker he may use to go harvest his field, to heal, to raise up, to cast out. I mean, this is a great gift that God has said, hey, in John 14, 12, those who believe in me, you're gonna do the works that I've been doing. And so sometimes we're the vessel that the Holy Spirit will use to bring about this stuff in the world. And I hope you're ready to be that kind of person, to be someone who's ready to do every good work in the name of Jesus. But I've heard a pastor say it this way, um, that the Holy Spirit is in you and he wants out. <laughs> He's in you like a river, not a lake. Oh my gosh, that's good. I wish I would have came up with that. Um, he wants to flow through us. So sometimes God will use us to do his work. And sometimes we are the recipient of that work. And so today, that's what I've been trying to say is, yes, God's going to work through you. But I believe that there's a lot of us that God needs to work in you today to heal, to raise up, to cast out. So here's how we're going to close is, is I'm going to invite anyone that needs healing into a specific way to respond today. I'm going to invite anyone that needs to be raised up into a specific response today. And I'm going to invite anybody that needs something cast out into a respe specific response today. And so I want to encourage you to allow God to move because every good work does begin with Jesus. And you came here today kind of expecting like I'm going to church, but were you expecting God to move in you? I hope that you were, but if you weren't, I hope you are now. So let's create some space for God to move. Would you bow your heads with me?
There's a prayer that it's just Holy Spirit come. And the reason we say that prayer is because we believe that when the presence of God comes, it invites him to do things that only he could do. And so I'm gonna pray it and then you're gonna pray it. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Come into this room, do what only you can do. This isn't about us, this isn't about, we pray less of us and more of you right now in this moment. If you're comfortable with it, would you just even say that prayer? Just kind of whisper it to yourself and just say, come Holy Spirit, do what you wanna do in my heart right now. You may not be expecting anything. Maybe you thought this message was for someone else. And you're thinking, man, this is really good for them. Would you just say, God, I repent of that right now and I ask for you to make this for me. What is it that you need to do in me today? And God, it's not just about me. So we do say, and will you do it in them too? Will you do it in them? Would you move in them? So the first question was, do you need healing? And I believe God wants to heal today. And just keep your heads bowed during this time, eyes closed. I want you to just allow the ministry of Jesus to kind of just impact your heart today. But I specifically believe God wants to do some spiritual healing today. Perhaps your passion for God has been lukewarm or you feel far from God. Or maybe you would say, I've been spiritually hurt by people and it's impacted my faith life. If that's you, I just want you to allow this moment for God to draw you to himself because he will. Let's allow faith over fear and doubt. Because I'm going to give you two steps today. The first step of faith over fear and doubt is going to be right in your seat. The second step will be right after we dismiss. But I'm going to ask you in two steps, if you need healing today. I also believe God wants to heal some people experiencing physical pain of, of your, in your body. And, you know, I know we've seen God do some work like that in our church of healing pain, back pain, chronic foot pain, all sorts of other pain. And I believe God wants to heal today, spiritually, physically, emotionally. The second question today is, do you need Jesus to raise new life up in you? And I brought two things up. I brought up baptism and I brought up salvation. And of course, we want you to sign up for baptism, but prior to baptism is salvation. And if you're here today, and even though this is kind of a deep message in a lot of ways about the ministry of Jesus, but maybe you're just receiving it as it is, that it's a proclamation of the good news of Jesus, that he accepts you as you are, he loves you as you are, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And that's actually where you find life. And so if you feel lost, you feel dead, you feel empty inside, it's because outside of Jesus, there is no life, that it's empty. And so in Jesus, you find life. And so if you need him today, we do that by just saying a prayer. And it's just a simple prayer where you surrender your life to him. And I always say it like this, Jesus, I give you my life. And you can whisper that prayer right now. You can just say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Well then say this, say, Jesus, I give you my life. Just whisper it where you're, where you're seated right now. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I want nothing else but you. I give you my life. And if you're praying that prayer, after we finish, I'm gonna give you some instruction. That's step one for you. Step one, that you're praying that prayer. You're stepping in faith over fear. Jesus, I give you my life. And step two will be to come and talk with us after the service. And the third question, do you need Jesus to cast anything out? And I mentioned sp the specific casting out of discouragement. So if you feel an extra weight of several layers on you and you feel like it in some way 
uh, you need that cast out of your life. Or perhaps there's just something else coming to your mind that I need another form of darkness cast out. And today we want to encourage you to do that. And here's step one for healing and casting out specifically. I just want to invite you, if you need healing of any type today, or you need something cast out, discouragement, would you be courageous enough to just lift your hand where you're at right now? No one's looking around, no shame, no no worry about what the person next to you think. Just lift your hand right now. If you need some form of healing or some sort of casting out in your life, just lift it up. Go ahead. Right now is the moment to do it. Lift your hand. There's a whole bunch of people lifting their hand. And it's, this is step one because step one of, 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 of faith over fear is just acknowledging it acknowledging it to yourself and to the Father. If you didn't lift your hand up, just one more, one more opportunity, lift your hand up, lift your hand up of taking that step of faith over fear. Jesus, we just wanna pray. Thank you for the courage happening in the room right now. We trust your authority over all things. So Jesus, we ask you to heal, raise up, cast out today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Our expectations are high. You love us and we believe you can do anything, God. I pray for every person that's raised their hand. We ask for your healing and your power to come upon them. We only ask because we believe you can, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look up here. So that prayer is really simple and very, very direct, and I believe God could have done something right there in that instant. But I also want to say, I think for the step two for a lot of us is to come and get personal prayer today. And so we're gonna have people right over here and right over here. But specifically, if you need healing today, I would ask if you'd come over to this side and we're gonna have some people that are just praying. We have those spiritual leaders, like I said, that are gonna be standing there praying like they do in James 5 and they tell us what to do. And they can come right over here and there's a little bit of a line. We have someone there that'll help you kind of just know you're in the right spot. We also have our prayer team over here that's gonna be praying for people that, if you gave your life to Christ, if you prayed that prayer, Jesus, I give you my life come right over here and say, hey, I wanted to just let you know I prayed that prayer today and they would love to talk with you, pray with you and let you know what the next step is, which is baptism next week, all right? And then, and then, and then thirdly, if you just need prayer for something else, maybe it's the casting out thing, you can come to either side, all right? I'm making it easy there. Come to either side, just find a person and say, hey, I need discouragement cast on my life today. And we're gonna pray that weight just falls off of you today, all right? And so, or any other things like that, we're here for you. Um, but man, it's good to be with you today. And I hope today's been an encouragement to you. And it's also reminded you not only of the power of God, but the power that he's put into our hands to go and be the feet and hands and feet of Jesus in this world, to be the people who raise, who heal, who raise up and cast out. Because God, God has called us to, to be a, a voice um, for the broken, right? To heal the broken, to see people raised up into a new life and to see people cast out of the darkness that they've been in and, and stepping into the light of God. And so I hope you feel empowered as well as encouraged because God will work through you and he also works in you. And so my friends, we love you. If you're new here, go to our welcome table. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to connect with you today. And if you want to sign up for baptism, that's all out there. Camp stuff's out there. All those good things. We love you guys. We're down here for prayer. Have a great Sunday. See you later. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.